This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, your ever-genial host, or genius host, uh, co-host. No, I've done it again. You've done I've it. done it again. Oh, here uh, we I, go. As, as James Patrick Dooley, uh, who is sitting opposite us, uh, would like to term this, it's a case of hosticide. I'm trying to trying to bump you off, you see, and take I over the show. Right. Which is what he tries to do to me. Right. Uh, anyway, week, yeah. <laughs> Charlie Dobbin is to my left. James is right across from me, which is an unfortunate thing sometimes. And I'm Frank Proctor, your um, uh, uh, undergardener, under, under now, or the sous chef of the garden. Underdog undergardener. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm in the doghouse now, boy, I can tell you. Yep. Um, uh, my main job, my only job really, is to get the phone numbers out to you so you can talk to Charlie and she can answer your questions, okay? 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And before I do anything else, I, I promised uh, Garrett mm-hmm. I would give him a little shout-out. He's one of the volunteers at uh, Canada Blooms. And we're down there, uh, Di and I were down there on uh, Thursday, I think. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah Thursday, we, met. we met. Yeah. Down there. And uh, met this chap. And uh, so, anyway, I promised him a little shout out. And well, I just worker. want to say, yes, Garrett is a longtime volunteer with Canada Blooms during the show. Yep. So he's one of the people that helps direct the public, mm-hmm. um, you know, sell ice cream. We sell bouquets of flowers, you know, just be an all around yeah. sort of ambassador of the show. And he's been wonderful for many years. Then he decided, or heard through the grapevine, that we use volunteers to build the show during the move-in. And he got a hold of my phone number, he phoned me up, he just almost started stalking me in an effort (laughs) to be uh, one of the volunteers, which ultimately is what happened. He did come and volunteer this year, and he was amazing. So, you know, big shout-out and big thank you to Garrett, because he's just been an absolute prize. That's great. Oh, you know what? I forgot my little bell because I wanted to remind folks if they if you do call and uh, talk first of all to our uh, fabulous operator here, James Patrick Dooley, tell them that you're a first time caller, and I'll give you a little ring of the bell when I get that in a moment. Uh, as well, our mantra: call early, call often. One question yes. per call. Okay. Because there's a lot of questions at this oh, time of year. Yeah, you must be exhausted, Charlie. Who me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's been a bit of a long week. I, I am happy to say that that horrible cold I yeah, was suffering fine. from yeah. isn't quite so bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much over that. Good stuff. So, yes, I've been able to get enough rest to get rid of that. But, yes, a few announcements. Things are going on. Things to mark on your calendar. Remember we mentioned the art and photography show uh, presented by the East York Garden Club. It's only on until March the 28th. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the details I don't seem to have handy. Anyway, you can check that out. Art and Photography Show presented by the East York Garden Club 
till the end of the month. The Ottawa Orchid Society is holding their 32nd annual show and sale. It will feature international orchid breeders, magnificent orchid, orchid displays, thousands of orchid flowers, and outstanding orchid artwork. Uh, that's from, that's in April, April 19th and 20th, which is Easter weekend, Saturday noon to 5, Sunday 9 to 5. And where is that again? I'm in sure. the Kanata Recreation Complex, 100 Walter Baker Place in Kanata. Wow. Of course, that is, for more information, www.ottawaorchidsociety.com. And one more, uh, well, actually a couple more up-and-comings, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society. They're meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at the Royal Botanical Gardens Centre, which is, of course, at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Mr. Paul Kelly, manager of the Honey Bee Research Centre at the University of Guelph, is the guest speaker. For the past seven years, honeybee colonies have experienced very high mortality rates, and Paul and his team have discovered that there is hope for bees with new beekeeping methods and the support of advocates and consumers. So everyone is welcome to attend the meeting. There is no entrance fee. Did you know that I once went to hear him speak, and uh, I found out I'm allergic to him? Oh. No, no I, I broke out in hives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> James and I are both like, oh, falling God. off our yeah, chairs. Okay. Groaning. That's good. That's really good. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> Next Saturday, mark your calendar. 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. is Earth Hour. Stop laughing. Yeah. Earth well. Hour. you got to, you know, stock up on candles and friends and family and have that hour in the dark. Ooh. That's I mean, oh. <laughs> Next Saturday. <laughs> Also, uh, mark your calendars. Tuesday, April 8th, 7.30 p.m., I am at the Marshland Center presenting on behalf of the Lakefield Horticultural Society um, a speech, a presentation called Beauty and the Eats. So it's all about ornamental and edible gardening in one area. Sort of are what you eat. Is that Oh, Beauty and well, the, that would be good. You look, no, it's not. That would be okay. terrible. You look like a turnip. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, it's okay. going to be one of those days. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. You look <laughs> like a turnip. <laughs> Stop eating so many turnips. Yeah, it's all You're right. looking like what you eat. <laughs> do you know what we have to do? We, we have to take a break here. Uh, but right? a break to do some exercise. Well, yes, exactly. I was just... Would you let me get into it? <laughs> Would you? <laughs> here I go. Here I go. I'm going to. Oh, I get, I'm good. I can oh, stretch my arms go, out without exactly. hitting you. Yeah, you're trying, though. <laughs> it's just about punching me. Okay, why is Frank <laughs> punching me? Because yes. he's so excited to get his exercises done, and he's not screaming in pain. No creaking, no clicking, no whining, pain-free <laughs> exercising. Why is that? Well, CRSL, something that both Frank and I take, really helps with any kind of joints that just loosens them up. I don't know, lubricate somehow. Completely natural mineral supplement taken daily. Uh, more information, CRSL.ca, one joint 14 And reason for the joint 14 Mm. Good explanation there coming up, I know. Uh, coming up in 10 minutes, actually. Oh, okay, And for now, uh, pick up CRSL at your local health food store. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. 
Well, I'm gonna I ran down the hall. Giggling now. And, uh, but someone's stolen my bell. No. Uh, you probably. Oh, is it? oh James, James knows, James where, knows it where it is. We're okay. going to tether it to you in the future, oh, I think. You know. Lord. Oh, but thanks for doing that little run around the building. Well, thank you. No. <laughs> you needed just, that little just... cardio workout. <laughs> that CRC really works. Oh, Lord, love a duck. All right, we've we go. got callers. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned the orchid uh, meeting up there in, in Ottawa. Canada. Yes, Canada. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Dorothy is calling in to ask about orchids, so All let's right. see what's going on there. Maybe we'll send her off to Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that'd be an idea. Let's go. Hi, Dorothy. Good morning, Dorothy. Good morning, uh, Charlie. I was wondering, uh, I bought this orchid plant at the grocery store, paid about $20 for it, uh-huh. and all the little orchids have fallen off now. The little flowers, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, I was wondering, do I get any more um, little flowers from it? You may. Or do I throw it out? Oh, well, what do the leaves look like? Pardon? What do the leaves look like? Well, they're green. Good. There's only two leaves to the plant. Uh-huh. And it's green, but there's nothing there. There's just, just the stalks left. Mm-hmm. But that's and, very uh, normal. Nothing flowers forever, right? Pardon? Nothing flowers forever. Yeah. So when you got the plant, it was flowering, and yeah. now it's, you know, doing it. its thing, preparing to start flowering again. So yeah. just do the, the, the care that we've recommended in the past Keep it in a bright location. doesn't have to be right in a window, but it needs to be bright. Um, water every week or so with, uh, by dunking the plant underwater and draining it and letting it sit back in that bright location. And it will, it will start to flower again eventually. Many orchids will start to bloom in the summer. So don't give up. As long as it's looking green and you're watering it consistently and it continues to look good, it can start flowering at any time. So I still, um, it's still going to be... Uh blooming again it should be if you can give it what it needs pardon if you can provide what it needs it will bloom again it doesn't need fertilizer or anything um it's not a bad idea now to be fertilizing with a with a flowering plant or an orchid fertilizer following the instructions on the the container yeah because uh, i noticed there's a sale of them on this week and I didn't know whether to throw it out or just buy a new one. Well, sometimes plants like to have a friend. Pardon? Plants like friends. You could get another one so you'd have two orchids and they can keep each other company. There you go. Good <laughs> okay. suggestion. Hey, thanks, Dorothy, very much for the call. And, uh, gee, we're going to Brampton this time around. And, wouldn't you know, Dennis is a first-time caller. There you go, Dennis. You <laughs> Welcome have to wings. the show. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, um, Charlie, I have... Uh, two apple trees in the backyard uh-huh. and a pear tree. Uh-huh. For the last uh, couple of years, I've been spraying it with dormant spray, but uh, all the apples seem to be coming up infested. When, okay, so you're spraying when the plant is dormant. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay, so keep in mind that the dormant spray that we spray, and I'm glad you're doing that, in the spring when the plant is dormant is a preventative for many problems. But it's not a cure-all for all problems. And so there are insects, there are diseases that can continue to come into your backyard, land on your very tasty apple or pear tree, and proceed to lay eggs or do whatever it is that they're going to do because apples are, and pears are very tasty plants and many insects are very attracted to them. So it is one of those things that, you know, when we do the dormant spray, when the plant is dormant, 
dormant, we mix lime sulfur as a fungicide and horticultural oil as an insecticide with water and we spray and we kill off a lot of overwintering problems. But as the season continues, you will need to monitor the weather and recognize that certain weather conditions bring on fungal disease. Um, all insects have their, their certain times that they fly through your yard. So it is important. You will need to potentially spray again uh, as once the leaves are out, though we never, ever, ever spray when fruit trees are flowering. Okay, so I could spray more than once. Is that what you're saying then? If you read the, the directions on the package of the dormant kit, you'll see where it tells you to use those things together when the plant is dormant, and then it makes suggestions for using those things separately, mixed with different proportion of water for different purposes through the growing season. But is there a certain time when I should spray it? I know you say when the plant is dormant, but... Um is there a time, like, should it be spring about now or a little bit later on? Oh, no, yeah, not now, because, of course, even though it is spring, they tell me, uh, it's still too cold to be spraying anything. Even your your dormant spray that goes on those dormant fruit trees, you need the temperatures to be above zero consistently for at least 24 hours. Oh. Uh, you need no wind and you need no precipitation no, in the okay. forecast for that same 24 hours. So that's still, we're still a few weeks off before you're doing the dormant spray. Mm-hmm. Then the plant, the flowers will pop, the bees will buzz around and do their pollinating, then the flower petals will drop, and then you'll be in a position to start thinking about spraying for of insects and, ah. okay so that's you know we don't we're not going to go any earlier with our dormant spray but we're going to be aware of trying to stay on top of keeping the plants as clean and free of pests and diseases once the pollination has occurred okay all righty okay thank you you're very welcome thanks okay. for the call all righty i'm gonna check with uh, james patrick dooley and see if it's time for a little break here is it uh time yeah okay yeah he looks we- like he wants to do some exercising Ex- we, that's it there you go there now look at i've got I him know. going oh <laughs> that's fa- that's the fastest i've seen him move ever i know unbelievable hey. But does James Patrick Dooley take Sierra Sil? Well, no, he's if he too young. doesn't listen listen closely, <laughs> James. Well, you wanted to say that the remember the phone number, one eight seven seven joint fourteen, and of course that fourteen comes from the fact that if you are experiencing any kind of joint pain or uh, any sort of stiffness. Uh, and you try Sierra Sil, and you find it doesn't make a difference. You could be one of those rare people that Sierra Sil does not make a difference uh, for. It's about a, it's a 14-day period that you will feel better or not. And if you don't, you have a full money-back guarantee on your purchase, which is kind of cool. I mean, everybody I've ever spoken to has felt better within that four, within like three days. They have felt better. So, um, But, you know, if you don't, you've got that 14-day trial period, if you will. Money-back so, guarantee. Yeah, so sierrasill.ca or 1-877-JOINT-14. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And on a cold morning, a warm welcome to the show, Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Spring is coming. In charge. Or so they say. More or less. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Phone numbers four Only one. when I can get across <laughs> you, yeah. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's uh, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Let's say hi to Valerie calling in from Mississauga. Good morning. 
Good morning. Morning. I was very disappointed with Canada Blooms. Oh, too bad. How come? Well, not really the setup, but I was very disappointed with, with uh, Mark Collins. Oh. I sat down for his presentation, and all I got was the guy talking about the interlocking bricks. I know that he was part and parcel of the stage, but that's not fair. I'm sitting there listening to see. I wish I'd seen you instead. Yeah, really. I was there, and I actually did a thing with Mark quite spontaneously. Not uh, at 11 o'clock? Oh, yeah, at 11 o'clock I did one with uh, Dennis. Oh, so what day were you there? You didn't have... Um, we were there on uh, Saturday. Saturday, I see it. Yep, yep, yep. 11.15, yeah. Bruce Burns. I wasn't... I was very disappointed. Anyways, oh, well. the show itself was nice, and the yeah. other part, the home show was nice, but uh-huh. um, I thought well, my sister, too. That was her first time. I'd yeah. been there before, but she was disappointed as well. I guess she thought that you guys, and I was looking for you, and I couldn't find you anywhere. Uh, I was there. Moving fast, but I was there. <laughs> I <believe> that. <laughs> well, um, thanks for coming, and I love the feedback, so that's good. All right, tell me about your shrubs. Okay, I want to know what type of a shrub I can get. I don't want it high, high. Uh, for the front of my house, mm-hmm. it sort of sits on a, on a circular, by the front of the house is circular garden. Uh-huh. And I pulled, I had um, cedars there. A cedar and some other kind of a thing, and I didn't like, so I pulled them all out mm. or had them out. And now I don't want to know what I should get that I could put there. It's not too high because I don't want to block the entrance to the house. Sure. And what direction does the front of the house face? <laughs> what direction? Um, Do you get morning sun or afternoon sun? Morning. Morning. So you're likely facing. We get, sort of get both. We get the early, no, we get af- more afternoon in the front. That's right. Yeah. All right, so you're more westerly then. Yes, that's okay. great. All yeah. right, and is it like hours and hours and hours of sun, or just a little bit? Like that makes a big difference on what you hours can choose. Hours from about noon on. Oh, okay, so that's great. So you're probably sort of a southwest uh, or yeah, direct west. Yeah, that's more like it. So you're looking for something deciduous for that front area, something that drops its leaves, or something evergreen? No, I think evergreen. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably a good idea because at the fronts of our houses. We do like, it's called a foundation planting, the, the plants that we plant around the foundation. Partially mm-hmm. it's to cover the foundation because it's often not very pretty. But also, if a house has nothing planted around it and it's just a house sitting on the land, it looks like it dropped from a, you know, in Kansas. You know, it's one of those situations where it just doesn't look like it belongs. As yeah. soon as you put some plants around a house, suddenly it looks like it should be there, and it's very connected to the spot where it's, where it's located. Exactly. <clears throat> and evergreens, of course, are great because they look the same year-round. There's none mm-hmm. of that, you know, wonderful in the summer and not so wonderful in the, in the winter. I would think, if I were you, now, it would depend. You say something that's not going to get too large. Think yeah, I don't of want the, it to grow tall, tall. That's yeah. all. Well, you know what's a great plant that stays small, you know, reasonably small? Are, there's many globe blue spruces out there. So a globe means it's a round shape. A blue spruce means it's bright turquoise, beautiful uh, looking plant. Comes on a standard, so it comes on a stem with that globe on top, a bit almost like a lollipop. And they'll usually stand about three to four feet high. They won't get a lot taller, but they'll get wider. Or forget the standard, have a a globe that sits right right at the ground. And again, it's going to get maybe three feet tall and wide in 20 years. So nice plant, great contrast with many of our green plants, uh, and uh, certainly a very popular color and look uh, Mm year-round. So that's what I would suggest. And there are some really good dwarf 
uh, evergreens out there now that don't get too big. You know, that pruning thing is a problem. Look for dwarf evergreens. And you're in Mississauga. You've got a Sheridan Nurseries not too far away. Go visit them. Not now. Go visit them in two weeks, three weeks. They'll have all kinds of evergreens for you to choose from. Oh, that sounds great. I okay. appreciate that. All right. Good so luck much. with that. Thanks, you. Valerie. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Valerie. And have a great Saturday along with the rest of the gang here at yeah. AM 740. Maria calling in this morning. Hi, Maria. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Great. Good, good yep. morning. Okay. I have hibiscus. It's a beautiful, like, bush, not a tree. Mm-hmm. And it was blooming when we brought into the house. It was gorgeous, even had a, a, a new blooms. Mm-hmm. And then it starts shedding leaves, and now it's looking quite pathetic. So when and you I'm say- watering like regularly once a week, but it, I don't know, should I cut back and then hopefully it will start coming new leaves? So, so when you say when it came into the house, so of course it came into the house last September, October? Uh-huh. Pardon? Yeah, yeah. In the last, like in the fall when it was... And you've had it in a nice sunny location since then, like a southern window preferably, or yes. western window? Yes. All right. Yes. When a plant comes in our homes from outside, it's very normal to drop leaves because you've got to remember, the leaves that it had outside were designed for the light level that it was, the amount of light it was getting outside. Bring it indoors, all of a sudden you've got the glass, you've got all that UV protection in your windows. Those leaves can no longer be functional. They drop off, new leaves should grow. However, if the plant is struggling for one reason or another, they'll grow slowly. So do you have green buds on it right now? Do you have any green leaves on it? Well, it's like I say, it didn't uh, drop right away. It mm-hmm. dropped, uh, it started dropping in February, oh, you know. Okay. So it was fine until then. It even had a, a new bloom. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly decided to go whatever. And it's the lower leaves, leaves down at the, the bottom. Whole thing. Oh, the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. But this is a perfect time to be calling because this is a perfect time to be pruning. Oh, so. Th- should they prune? Yep. You should prune, get out your sharp little pruners, prune the entire plant to what we call an outward-facing bud. So mm-hmm. every branch, when you go to uh, nip uh, the tip, make sure that the next growth, the next little green bud, is going to grow to the outside of the plant, not to the inside of the plant, where they all get twisted up okay. and cross over each other. Um, and roughly... A third of the plant should be removed in this pruning process. Okay. Okay. Fertilize, water as necessary. Be careful to not overwater. Uh, and when you do water, water thoroughly. Lots of water. So it goes right through the pot into the saucer below. Let that plant really have a thorough soaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's been in the same pot for many, many years, even consider repotting it. Yeah. Because they're... Yeah. They have a lot of roots. It's been there for uh, oh, a couple of years. Now, I also have a, grass, uh, a glass in porch. Should I put it now on a, gla- on, uh, on a porch? And is it a heated porch at all? Well, it is because it, it is and it isn't. But, uh, you know, it's March and it's very sunny. Yeah. Well, just make sure. If, for sure, it could go out onto the porch. I would probably bring it in at night okay. if the temperature is getting below zero. Your, okay. That plant is pretty tough. It, it's good to about two, three degrees above zero, so two to three, even four or five Celsius. Anything below that, get it in the house overnight. Yeah, I'll wait for another okay. weekend. Then. Thanks for your call, Maria. Thank you very much. Good luck okay, with that. Bye. All righty. Uh, advice coming from the uh, master gardener herself. Mm. The Honorary master gardener. Honorary, honorary master yes, gardener. Yes. 
Well, people who are real master gardeners work really hard to become master gardeners. It's usually people who have done something else. You know, they yep. they were lawyers or something. You know, and they just want a break from that lifestyle. They love gardening. And they want to learn more. So it's a bunch of courses. It's tests. It's exams. Well, you've taken these, it's practical right? advice pra- or practical courses. Well, I took it through st- when I studied horticulture. Okay. So I, you know, way back 100 years ago, studied horticulture at the University of Guelph and, you know, graduated as a horticulturist. And that's basically what master gardeners are striving to become. They're striving to have that level of knowledge. And um, it's, uh, it's, but it's a great way to make friends and meet all kinds of interesting people and do a bunch of really fun volunteering uh, with plants. Well, there you go. Yeah. And that's the voice of Charlie Dobbin, the host of this show, Margaret. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to earn my way back into her good graces. Margaret, welcome to the show from East York. Good morning, Margaret. Morning. What's going on in your garden? Uh, last week, mm-hmm. a lady called mm-hmm. in uh, for squirrels mm-hmm. for a particular seed, but I didn't quite catch the name. Yes, yesterday I had four of them running around in my backyard where I got tulips. Oh. Little beggars. Yeah, I was just going to say something I'm not allowed to say on air. (laughs) We had a call last week from Bertha in Guelph, and her remedy for people that are having squirrel problems was to get safflower seeds. Okay, so safflower is a common oil that we buy at the grocery store, safflower oil. It's a nice light oil. Safflower seeds are available at bulk food stores. Okay. And I, how do you spell that? So it's the word flower, uh-huh. but the three letters preceding the word flower are S as in Sam, uh-huh. A, F as in Frank. So oh, okay. safflower. Uh-huh. Okay. And so get a hold of some of those seeds, and apparently they do wonders for, for scaring the squirrels away. Okay, thank you very okay. much. Okay. Let us know how that goes. All right. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you for calling. Bye. Well, time for Frankie to haul out the old bell because, oh. yes, Patricia's on the line <laughs> the from right right here in Toronto. Hi, Patricia. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Good morning. morning. Yeah. Um, it is my first time calling, and I really love your show. And um, I'm phoning about Rugosa Roses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have um, uh, three of them out the front, and uh, they face westerly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm getting really disappointed in them. I've had them in there for, for quite a few years now. Uh-huh. And uh, they're, they're not in direct sun, but they seem to be doing r- really well. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I've noticed that uh, when they start growing, uh, they get kind of spindly. That's and, the light, I think. Yep. And uh, they're um, they're behind a magnolia bush to top oh, it all off. Yeah, yeah. And the magnolia is just getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> creating more and more shade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what I want to know is, um, I usually trim them back in the fall, which I did again last year because uh, they're near my my walkway mm. to get into the yard. Right. So uh, I've been trimming them back about, um, I, I would say, a foot, a foot and a half from the ground. Okay. But they're not doing too wonderfully. They, they look as though they're, they're dying off a lot. Um, the, the wood seems to be getting rotten, and I've had to mm. take off a lot. Yeah. 
Um, should I be pruning them a, a special way, uh, or should I be doing something special with these roses? Well, I mean, the pruning in the fall would never be my first choice in terms of a hard pruning. Yeah, uh, I kind of thought so because things get in into the uh, into the plant. Right. So yeah. now I understand the importance of pruning in the fall just because of a safety factor near the mm-hmm. front door. Mm-hmm. And so, and I do the same thing with the roses around my front walkway into my house. Mm-hmm. I prune them strictly so that nobody's getting caught in them while they're going in and out during the fall and winter. But come spring, you know, once the snow really melts Mm -hmm. and the little buds are just starting to get shiny and fatten up on the the canes of the roses, Mm -hmm. I prune them very hard. And I'll take them right down to about three inches tall. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm like a super hard pruner on roses because roses, if it's a healthy rose, now my roses are in a lot of sun. You are struggling. Your roses are probably struggling a bit because they're not getting enough sun. Yeah, they get late afternoon sun. Yeah, and they would prefer more than that. They prefer a minimum of six hours of direct sunlight every day. Yeah, yeah. So what would be optimal would be to move them, if you could, into a, a sunnier spot. Actually, I'd, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> okay. I, my yard is pretty full. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, or consider replacing them with something that could handle a little more shade. What could I put in there? Because uh, they... They sit beside um, my bushes, like I, I have bushes that go all around the house at the front, mm-hmm. and um, I have to squeeze between them and the bushes to trim them. You're right. Um, and um, uh, I, I need something that I can squeeze between. You know, mm-hmm. they, they take up quite a bit of room. There's only about uh, three, oh, maybe four feet between the sidewalk and, and the, the, um, the main roses. bushes. Right. And what are the main bushes that are they're, more, uh, like an evergreen of some kind? Uh, no, they're... Um, oh, gosh, my brains have gone. Um, do they flower? Uh, no, they don't. Uh, oh, yeah, they do. They get little white flowers on them in, in the fall and um, during the summer, and they really smell awful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they really smell. They really give me a headache. Oh my gosh! Well, there you go. This sounds like you need a consultation <laughs> with an expert. No, because you don't want anything that smells bad right at your front door near your windows. Oh, you know, they're all in. around my house. They've been there for years. All right. So you know what? I and you've think... been wondering why you haven't had any guests lately. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you need to hire me to come to your house to do, do a proper consultation to eliminate the things that aren't working Thank and you. install the things that are working. Oh, that's, that's, that's exactly what you need. Now, I do I do residential consulting. Oh, do you? I do, yes. When I'm not doing the radio show, when I'm not doing Canada Blooms, the spring comes, that oh, I, I, would love I that. do go to people's uh, properties and uh, provide planting plans and design ideas and sketch up all kinds of things. So perhaps what we'll do is put you on... Well, uh, what I'll do is let me... I I can put you on a hold and you can give your phone number to James and I could call you later. Usually I connect with people by email. So remember, you can always contact me through the station here, c.dobbin. Well, well, uh, dear, I don't have... uh, I don't have um, a computer. computer. Okay. No. No, I, when I quit work, I got rid of it. Okay, so no problem. So you stay on hold, and uh, James is going to get your phone number down, and you and I will perhaps talk uh, very soon, and we'll set something up for me to come and uh, oh, see what I can do. Oh, that would be wonderful. Do to uh, arrange that front area to work a little better. Oh, okay. lovely. All right. Lovely. Thanks, Patricia. Thanks, dear. All right. Have a great day, and there you I, go. And you too. Thanks.
Bye-bye now. Charlie charging off to work in another area. Of, of course, I that's do. her main area of work anyway. Well, it is. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like horticultural consulting, helping people get the right plants in the right place or get rid of the wrong, you know, plants that are in the oh, wrong sure. place and design, right? Now, for those who do have a computer at home yes. and you want to get in touch Good with Charlie, c.dobbin, that's c.dobbin at mzmedia.com. That will get you, Okay. Meantime, uh, let's see. We've got, uh, yeah, oh, Barb from Anca. My clapper's getting uh, worn out here. Uh, hello there, Barb. Welcome to the show. Yes, I like good, that. good morning to both of you. Good morning. Enjoy your program immensely. Thank you, and welcome to the show. Yes, a question for you, uh, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what um, about corn gluten? Mm-hmm. When should that be applied? I know there's a short span time. Yep. Okay, so the, the rule of thumb with the corn gluten yes. application to the lawn, yes. though you could use it on the garden as well, right. uh, is you want to get it out and in place before the forsythia bloom. Before the forsythia bloom. Okay, so the forsythia are those big shrubs with the yellow right. flowers. Yes. Yes. Now, we've got lots of time right now because we've still got lots of snow on the ground. Oh, absolutely. And ice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Frank's looking out the window. I'm yeah. not seeing any forsythia <laughs> blooming no, right I, now. I, I don't think so. Not not yet. <laughs> not yet. So we definitely have a few weeks now. Last year or the year before, the forsythia were blooming right now. Right. So every year is different. Uh, I think we're, we're good for at least another two or three weeks on this. Mm-hmm. The corn gluten is usually mixed with fertilizer. Right. All right. For the, for the lawn. Yes. So the idea is that we're feeding the lawn. Right. And the corn gluten is going out to prevent any seeds germination. from germinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's our crabgrass seeds, dandelion seeds, any seeds that have blown onto our lawns that are going to be weedy and problematic right. will not grow in the presence of the corn gluten. Right. However, the one sort of caveat to all that is that if you're planning on top dressing and overseeding your lawn, that means laying yes. down soil and putting down some fresh grass seed, the corn gluten will not allow those seeds to grow either. No, so you would have to wait then for a, a period after Six you weeks. apply the corn gluten. That's right. And by that time, we're maybe into June or July, and it's a little harder to get grass seed to grow. Yes. So sometimes what we do is we'll put the grass seed out first, right. even right now on top of the snow. Mm-hmm. And um, we do that, and the grass seed is there. As soon as the weather starts to warm up and things are moving along beautifully, the grass seed will start to grow. Right. As soon as the grass seed has germinated, you can get out there with your corn gluten. Oh, wonderful. Right? So okay. depending on how the spring unfolds, that's certainly going to be one method is get the grass seed out as early as you can and hold off on the corn gluten until the grass seed has germinated. And hopefully it's still early enough that you can control any seed germination of nasty things. R- right. Oh, oh that, well, that sounds like the better idea. Than yeah, if you really can. Just keep be... on top of the calendar is the way to, best way to do that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I appreciate your uh, help. My pleasure. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Barb. Nice to have you in the audience today. And uh, as Barb says, bye-bye. We've uh, a line free then. So the numbers once again for the Garden Show, 416-360-0740 in the Toronto area. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And we'll be back in just a couple of moments with Isabel from Brantford after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. 
exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And it all rhymed just in time to welcome Charlie back to the air. <laughs> and also, let's say hi to Isabel in Brantford. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Morning. I have a ornamental mm-hmm. blue spruce in a container. Mm. And it's about six six years old, and I noticed for the first time on one side there's brown. It, it's as if it's burnt yep. on one side. Would that be caused by the ice? No, you know what that is? And you're absolutely right. And the side that it's brown on would be the south or southwest side, I would think. Um Oh, I don't know my yeah. south from my west. All right. Well, it is, just <laughs> so you know. In the morning, it's the sun. Uh, exactly. So that browning is not from the ice. The browning is from the sun. The sun oh. is burning it. Um, what happens with our evergreens is that, <clears throat> remember, evergreens are never truly dormant. You know, our maple trees right. drop the leaves, they go to sleep, everything's fine, they wake up in the spring. Evergreens are always respiring. So they're always losing moisture through their leaves, which are needles in most cases. And when the ground is frozen solid and there's no ability for the roots to bring moisture into the plant, but moisture is being lost out of the leaves and needles of the plant, the plant starts to dehydrate or what we call desiccate. And that browning is evidence of desiccation. However, all is not lost. Soon as we get some warm weather and things start to thaw a bit, you in your container um, evergreen will get some water into the container, which Uh you could do even now. At any time, you can add some water to that container. As soon as we get enough warmth, uh, now don't put hot water obviously in there, but even room temperature water into that pot where that spruce is will at least you'll ensure that there's moisture available if the roots can get a hold of it. We Uh may have to do some trimming, some shearing on our evergreens to remove that rusty brown look, but in many cases the plants will brown up and outgrow that brown hazy look, that rusty look, and you won't see it by June or July. Oh, good. Now, should I... um should I add fertilizer sometime to the water? Yes, but not yet. Wait until the plant is actively growing, and based on the kind of season we're having so far, I would not be doing any fertilizing to any outdoor plants, probably until May sometime. May. Yeah. And what type of fertilizer should I use? Well, if you have, I mean, there are different fertilizers for different groups of plants. <clears throat> There's even fertilizers for specific plants, like, you know, tomato food or, um, you know, clematis food. There are fertilizers specifically designed for evergreens, and that's Uh what you're dealing with there. Uh, And if you have other evergreens on the property and it makes sense, then that's what I would purchase is a water-soluble fertilizer that is designed specifically for evergreens. Follow Uh the instructions when you do your mix in your watering can and uh, water with the fertilized water once a month, starting in May and stopping uh, on August 1st. So you've got just that now, May, I was June, just July. Thinking, you know, it is in a large container. <laughs> it's not going to really start to grow, is it? Uh, you know, really grow? It depends what kind of specific cultivar you've purchased, uh, how big it wants to grow. But uh-huh. <laughs> keep in mind, I mean, <clears throat> 
Have you ever seen bonsai uh, collections or bonsai yeah. trees? I mean, there I've seen full-grown maples. I've seen full-grown junipers and pines that are three inches tall. And those the size is controlled by the size of the pot. And so if you have a... a plant, you know, big spruce that wants to be 40 feet tall, but you've got it in a, you know, a, a half barrel, it's never going to get 40 feet tall because it can't, oh, <laughs> you know, it'll be limited by the, by the root growth. Yeah. It, it's a lovely, you know, it, it's lovely. And I, I was looking at this brown spot and I thought, oh, don't tell me it's dying. Oh yeah. No, it, like I said, if it's a happy plant, it will outgrow that. So give it a chance to do that before you think about doing any pruning. If we are going to shear our evergreens, it will be June before we do that. Oh, great. So I should uh, um, get some maybe boiled water and let it sit? It doesn't have to be boiled. Just tap water is good. Just make sure that it's room temperature. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll okay. do that. Well, thank you very much. You've been very helpful. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for calling. Thank Bye-bye. Bye-bye now, Isabel. And, uh, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a break right now and then come back to talk to, uh, I would say, almost a regular caller, uh, from White River, no less. Rick is on the line. Oh, we'll be talking great, to him. Yeah. yeah, in just a couple of moments. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. The sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying hi once again to Rick in White River. Here's Charlie. <laughs> morning, Rick. Good morning, you guys. How are things up there? Uh, minus 26 with the wind chill factor. Oh, oh. I was just going to say, we whine and we shouldn't. And yes. Three feet of snow on the ground. Oh, well, we've still got, I've got pretty much uh, two feet where I live, but really? still not that kind of temperature. It is melting here. Yeah. I just wanted to brag. I was, over, I was able to winter over a fuchsia. Oh, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, well, I like to do things like that but yeah. my question is i'm wondering uh in germinating some some flower seeds like mm. some of them need darkness to germinate right mm, yep do you know off the top of your mind which well would? like lettuce for example oh, lettuce yep, yep i have a heck of a time with parsley getting parsley growing but uh, oh. i was just curious if you knew what seeds needed like flower seeds need darkness total darkness to uh Okay, most seeds don't need total darkness, but as a rule of thumb, when we we set up our little seed, the the trays that we're going to grow our seeds in, and we've got that really nice seed soil in there, and it's all nice and moist, and everything's ready to go, we sprinkle our seeds onto the surface of the soil, and bigger seeds are always easier to work with. Tiny, tiny seeds can be a problem, and we'll mix those with sand or with something just to help with the broadcasting. Then a little tiny bit of soil goes on top, and it's the, the rule of thumb is twice the, the sort of the thickness of the seed is the amount of soil that we sprinkle over top of the seeds. Then we moisten the whole thing with a mister and put some saran wrap or a clear cover on top uh, just to hold the moisture in and get some heat underneath the, the seed trays, uh, whether it's a heating pad or the top of the refrigerator or, you know, top of a radiator. Main thing is many seeds will germinate with much higher percentage of, of germination with some heat from below. Yeah, I, I have pretty good success with that. But yeah. I, I was just sure, uh, curious about yeah. that darkness thing. Usually well, on, the, well, on the seed package, they'll usually tell you. Yeah, <clears> you know, if it specifically requires darkness, it'll say, you know, 
keep in the dark until you start to see the germination. The, you know, cover with a, a you know piece of cardboard or a magazine yeah. kind of thing, and they'll tell you quite specifically. Most well, I, plant, most seeds do not require. It's a bit unusual to require yeah. darkness. I got some tomatoes growing. But uh-huh. One other thing I was going to ask you guys. I know I'm only allowed one question, but when you take your Sierra Sill, mm-hmm. do you do you take it with food or with water or what? No, with water, not yeah. with food. Before you eat. I'm trying to remember. I think it's like one hour or 30 minutes. What is it, Frank? Do you remember? Um, golly, I, I take mine before I go to bed. So yeah, I take mine in know. the morning. So the idea is you don't want to have any food, I think, within an hour of taking it on either side. Yeah. So whether it's yeah, a couple hours three, after three dinner. Three tablets and away yeah, you go. Or it's yeah. you, you take it and then you don't eat for an hour. Either yeah. way, you, you avoid food right around the taking of the pills. And, yeah, it's three a day. Yeah, I tried it. It didn't work too well for me. But. Oh, okay. Well, you can always well, give them a call and get your money back. You're one of those rare yeah. people. Uh, well, I just a wreck, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, God bless you guys. Thanks. You're Thank you. Call. Thanks, Rick. You Take know, in care. conversation with Rick there, you mentioned something that kind of piqued my interest. Was, mm. uh, you said when you get your little trays set up there uh, you've, and you've got the seed soil. So, mm. it is, so it's specific soil that you buy to grow seeds? Well, it the difference, okay, think of potting soil for the pots. Okay. Think of garden soil for the garden. Mm. But... When we want to grow seeds, potting soil is just that the particle size is too big. It's too chunky. What you want is a really fine mix. So a seed starting mix is very similar to a potting mix, but it's been put through a grinder so that it's a little finer um, pieces. And so it just it's really you can make a nice even seed bed. And that's always your best when you're uh, broadcasting or growing seeds is you don't want to have chunks of wood in there and chunks of things. You mm-hmm. want to have it all nice and smooth. So, yeah, typically there are, you know, and there are different you know, brands of seed starting mixes out there, and they are designed to really support the uh, you know, successful germination of seeds. Very good. Well, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Uta from Aurelia. Welcome to the show, a first-time caller. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Um, Hi. I'm glad you have this show. I really love uh, listening to it. Thank you. I have a worry, and I hope you can put my mind at ease. Mm-hmm. Uh, facing south off the deck, uh, there's usually uh, lots of snow because I shovel from the deck into the garden. Right. This year, it's two feet above the deck. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I was worried about my chives and sage and thyme. They usually start popping up early. Well, they're going to pop a little later this year. That's all? <laughs> they're not going to die? No. No, they should be just fine. Remember? And the, da- and the daffodils. Yep, they're all under there just waiting for that two, three, four feet of snow to melt. Oh, great. Yeah, it's everything's going to be late this year. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I realize that. I, I, I knew that for the regular yeah. perennials, but I was yeah. worried about the chives because they do come up early. Well, they'll come up. As early as they can. They're yeah. only limited by the fact that the ground is frozen solid and all that uh, snow mm-hmm. is over top of them. So you're okay. right. I mean, I usually have daffodils popping up in my yard right now, I but I'm not seeing anything at this point. Okay, so thanks a lot. Ground is good work. still solidly frozen. <laughs> okay. We're going to wait a little while. <laughs> Thank thanks you. for your call. Thank okay, you. Thanks. Uh, it's weird to think that here we are in the second full day of spring, and there are folks on the Don Valley and heavens knows 400 heading north with skis on I top know. of the car because the ski conditions are apparently magnificent yeah, right now. It's been a great year yeah. for any of the winter sports and yep. obviously the, the ski hill Had operators. 10, 10, 15 centimeters more last night. And, and so you the, know, the golf co- course operators are crying right now. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Just think, you know, we've had some springs where people oh, are all golfing now. Yeah. 
not this year. And then the other thing that um, we're all gonna we're all kind of waiting because this made me think of it. Usha's call it from made me think of it. Um, <clears throat> Remember the ice storm? Obviously, yeah, everybody yeah. remembers the ice storm. December right. 21st, mm-hmm. big, thick layer of ice went everywhere, particularly on our lawns and the turf and the golf courses. Since then, it's been a long, long time. We have not had any prop- real thaw. So that ice is still there. We've had snow, you know, melt, snow, melt, snow, melt. The, it's a very thick layer still on the ground, on the lawns. And what we're not always remembering is that Plants need, obviously, things like sunlight and Mm -hmm. water and food, but they also need air. And that solid layer of ice has blocked any air exchange. So it's going to be very interesting to see what will survive in the way of the turf grasses who are under that thick layer of ice or whether they're just rotting below that ice, which is possible. We're going to find out, though. We're all waiting with great anticipation to see what happens this spring. Uh, I think we're going to, we won't see a lot of death of too many, sh- too many shrubs and things because that snow has mm-hmm. been good. But I think we're, the uh, golf courses are going to be doing a lot of turf replacement Okay. Hey, we have one more call. If we it's made, fast. We've got to make her fast. Uh, First time call, too. Oh, yeah. Shelly, welcome, welcome to the Garden Show. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. Quick question. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I have bought a place, and I have these trees, these evergreen trees right around the... Right around the... The property? The... The, the grass comes below that. I'm getting these huge, huge... Uh, roots, and I can't grow any grass there. Okay. It just sucks up all the. Okay. It just dries up. Okay. Can you help me out? Yes. Here's here's what I suggest, Shelley. Sounds like you probably have a big old cedar hedge, and big old cedar hedges have lots of roots, and certainly they do. Like you said, they suck the moisture, they suck the nutrient, they take everything that they can, and they got there first. So you try and put some flowers in or something, and you don't have great success because there's that competition going on. <clears throat> if you're just thinking about some annual flowers, just some pretty color at the base of the cedar hedge, get a hold of some horticultural lime. This spring, you can buy it at any garden center, horticultural lime. Sprinkle that on the soil at the base of the hedge. Also get a hold of some good compost, sprinkle that at the base of the hedge, mix up the new compost with the lime, with the existing soil, and then get yourself some nice, tough little shade-tolerant annuals. Coleus, fuchsia, beautiful begonias out there now. There's all kinds of new varieties. Even some of the new guinea impatiens will do very well in the shade. So that's what I would do. Get that color in there, and you'll find that they will do quite nicely, but you'll have to do that every spring in order to make that work. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Wow. I'm off to Canada Blooms. I'm like oh, zipping yeah. on out of here, <laughs> out the door. And you, my friend? Oh, I'm coming back at uh, 2.30. I'm going to be uh, talking once again to the president of Grants International, the refund experts, ah, those with disabilities. Uh, listen in. experts. I like that. Get money back from I, the government. Yes, yes. I love that. I do, too. Maybe I'll <laughs> listen into that. So thank you, Frank. Thank you, James Patrick Dooley. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air. 
and The Garden Show.